This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports and look forward to hearing from you as we talk throughout the show about different topics each week. Today, it's going to be a fun show because today I want to talk about something that probably we need to talk about more, and that's the mental health of athletes. You know, I've been on the air here at Sports Radio 810 for 19 years, been on the radio for 29 years here in Kansas City. I've been a sports psychologist for 39 years. I'll be starting my 40th year of work day after Labor Day. And throughout my career, I've always talked about the importance of the mental side of sports. And I always like to say when you have two athletes who are physically the same, the one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. What does a stronger mind mean? It means a lot of things. Today, it's something different. Today, it's definitely different because we've been going through this tremendous crisis in our country and the world, for that matter, for the last almost six months. Things are not, in some ways, getting better. But sports is starting up again. Baseball is about to start. The NBA, the MLS, or the MLS has already started. The NBA and the NHL are getting ready to play. The NFL training camps are going to start up. And as someone who loves sports as much as I do, thank goodness, sports is coming back. At least it's a professional level. But will it last? Will it survive? Athletes are people. Coaches are people. They've got feelings. They have emotions. They're sensitive. They care about things. You know, we think of athletes as these tough, tough guys, tough women, but they're still people. They still have feelings. They still care about their families. They still care about who they are. They have to deal with stress. And this carries down to the collegiate level all the way to the high school and youth sport level. Because today we have this coronavirus crisis that is hanging over everybody's heads. Is it safe to play? Is it safe to get out there on the baseball field, on the tennis court, on the soccer field, in the pool? Is it safe to compete? You know, we're going to see. We're going to see at the professional level how that works. I have questions about how it's going to work at the collegiate level because, let's face it, college athletes are college kids. (laughs) They like to go out. They like to do things. I can't see your college football team coming in to school, going to practice, going to class, and staying in the rooms. I just don't see it happening. I mean, it'll be amazing if that does. But we've got issues, obviously, about safety. We have issues about mental health. And here's the thing. We talk so much about you know the physical issues going on here with the coronavirus, but what about the psychological side of it? What about how are you, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people are scared to get sick. A lot of people are scared to be around other people. And so how are we going to work through that as we get back into sports at the collegiate level? And, and, and let's face it, the, the big issue the past 10 days has been what about schools? Will schools open up? Will sports happen at schools? So today I want to talk about the mental health side of all this. I want to talk about athletes and coaches and how they feel, how they deal with the stress, the anxiety, the pressure. And if they're scared, 
So I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. What is your game plan? Or if you're an administrator, what is your game plan to talk with your athletes? How are you going to deal with the psychological side of things? Of course, this is what I do for a living. But I want to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're an administrator, how, or if you're an athlete, how are you going to deal with how you feel about playing sports, about the safety issues, about the stress you may be feeling? I'm going to open up our phone lines. I'd like to get some calls in here. Let's see if we can get a discussion going about this. And if you're a parent... How about the stress you may feel about your son or daughter going back to play sports? How are you going to handle that yourself? What are you going to say to your kids? If you're a coach, what are you going to say? You know, you're going to start practices, but are you going to sit down and talk with them about how they're feeling? Are you going to talk with them about their emotions? About what may get them anxious, may be scared of, what they be stressed about? Are you going to take the time to do that? So I'd like to open up the phone lines, as I said, get some calls in here. If you're a coach, what's your game plan to start practice? What will you say? Are you going to sit down with your kids, with the athletes, with the team, and have them talk about their feelings? Have them talk about how they've been doing? Have you been anxious? Have you been worried? Have you been scared? Have you been... Are you excited to be back? I think it's real important to talk about that. In general, I do it anyway if you're a coach, no matter what's going on, in spite of the coronavirus in this scenario we're in. I think it's important to do that anyway, but even more so now. When I work with teams, on a regular basis, we have team meetings. doesn't matter if we're winning or losing. We will have a meeting on a regular basis to just talk just get the athletes, the, the men or women, girls or boys, whoever I'm working with, just talk about how they're doing. How are you feeling? We'll talk about confidence. We'll talk about motivation. We'll talk about visualization, mental preparation. We'll talk about stress. And today, even more so than ever, I think it's important to do that. If I was with a professional team right now or a collegiate team, that is what I would be talking to the coaches about doing. Now, I know a lot of coaches out there don't want to deal with this stuff. Oh, come on, Doc. You don't need to get into that. Let's just go out and play. Well, you know, that's avoiding the issues. And if you have a team, like like let's take baseball is going to have, what, 30 players, 35 players on the roster, whatever it's going to be. I know normally it's 25, but it's going to be expanded roster. I guarantee you there are going to be three to five guys on that team who are going to be a little worried about playing. I can assure you that having formerly been the Royal Psychologist for a number of years, I just know, working with professional athletes all over the place, college athletes, there are going to be some athletes who are going to be a little scared about pulling out and playing. They don't want to get sick. They don't want to bring it to their families. They don't want to bring it to their kids, their wife, their parents, whatever. So there's going to be some fear. So no, the trainers have to be able to step up and do that. I know the Royals have great trainers, Nick Kinney, Kyle, Kyle Turner, Jeff Bloom, the physical therapist, they will talk with these guys. I know they'll spend the time doing that. And you have to be able to give your athletes a chance to speak and share how they feel. Because athletes are people, like I said. I want to read a quote from Brandon Marshall, former NFL player. As athletes, we go through life getting praised and worshipped and making a lot of money. Our world's and everything in them, spouses, kids, family, religion, and friends, revolve around us. We create a world where our sport is our life and makes us who we are. When the game is taken away from us or when we stop playing, the shock of not hearing the praise or receiving the big bucks often turns out to be devastating. That's a pro athlete who made a lot of money. So what about college athletes? What about high school athletes? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. From our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB, our shows broadcast, rebroadcast around the country in a number of cities. And I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent, how do you deal with the mental health side of sport? This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports. And today's topic is this. I thought it'd be good since professional sports are starting to get going again. Thank goodness. Let's hope it can keep going after it starts. I want to talk about the mind, the mental part. I mean, I've been a sports psychologist since 1981, training one of the first training programs in the country. I've worked with Olympic professional, college, high school, youth athletes, the whole whole way across the board. If, if you've listened to the show, you know I'm co-author of a book called 
Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports with Jeff Montgomery, Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame closer, and Pete Malone, who's in the USA Swimming Hall of Fame as a coach, coached a number of Olympic gold medalists and, and over 10,000 swimmers throughout his career. And this show is here for you. So today, I want to talk about mental health and sports. And I want to get your, your, your thoughts and your opinion. So if you're an athlete, I'd like to hear from you. How do you deal with stress? How do you deal with pressure? Especially in t- with today's scenario with, with the coronavirus and the pressures and demands everybody's got, the, the fears people have about going out and being around people. How are you handling it? And if you're a coach getting your team or preparing to get your team ready to practice, do you take the time to talk with your athletes? Or do you just go out there and start playing again? Do you sit down in a circle and talk? I know for years. I started doing this in 1981. My first job was with the University of Kansas men's and women's cross-country teams and track teams. I got hired, my first job, for $5 a day by Bob Timmons, God rest his soul, one of the greatest men I've ever known, and Carla Coffey, the women's coach. They gave me a chance to start working. And I started learning from these people. They're, they're people. They're, they were tremendous runners. But they had, and run, you know, if you're a runner, and I ran for 40 years till my knees started to go, now I walk. But runners mostly are introverted because they keep to themselves because they've got to focus on themselves. And they had to, but they had to do with their feelings. We had a number of guys on that team who I still, to this day, to this day, still keep in touch with. Because we talked about how they felt. We talked about their fears. We talked about their goals. We talked about what they were scared of not accomplishing. Not reaching what they wanted. Not reaching their potentials. I remember when I first started working with the team, we had a young man who was a state champion, high school state champion. We were at our first indoor meet in January and this young man had disappeared and I saw him go down a stairwell and Coach Timmons says where's so and so I said well he was over there I went he says go find him he's got to run these his races in 15 minutes I go to the stairwell he's at the I hear somebody crying he's at the bottom of the stairwell in a ball on the floor crying sobbing I went down there what's going on he, he goes I, I I I can't run. Why? Well, there's like seven or eight state champions in this race. It's my first indoor race as a freshman. I'm, I'm scared. He was scared. Scared he wasn't li- going to live up to expectations of the team, of the coaches, of himself. Got him. I got him out to get out of there. Go out and run the race. I said, "Listen, you know, just just run. Your time doesn't matter. Just go do it." Well, he did it. He finished. He didn't finish last, by the way. And he had a great career. And I know when he when he graduated, in fact, when he finished, he came up to me after his last outdoor race, gave me a big hug and said, you know, I just want to thank you for what you told me back that one day, that first indoor race. Because, Andy, I was scared. I'm not scared anymore. I use it as motivation. How you deal with your emotions. I don't I don't care if you're LeBron James, Tiger look at Tiger Woods, look at all the issues he's had. So let's talk about Michael Phelps for a second. He's the most highly decorated Olympian of all time. He's got ADHD, he's got depression, he's had thoughts about killing himself. Okay. He he won all these medals, yet he's also had multiple DUIs, and he has now become one of the faces for mental health and sports. Hope Solo, the, the goalkeeper, two-time gold medalist of the U.S. Women's National Team had all kinds of issues. She's talked about it. She's talked about the struggle she had. Athletes have issues. You know, we think because they're tremendously successful physical specimens on the field, <clears throat> they've got to deal with their emotions too. You know, everybody's excited about football getting started again. We 
have the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, starting practice here this week? How will they deal with the pressure of the expectations now? Of course, it's going to be so weird. No fans in the stands, or maybe some fans in the stands. How are they going to play? We don't know. How's it going to work? How are they going to deal with that? How are, how are athletes going to deal with no fans in the stands? How are they going to deal with the psychological component of that? It's a big piece of the puzzle. So I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, what are you doing to help your athletes psychologically to get started again, to get pre- to get back into practice again, to start competing again? Are you talking with them about how they feel? Are you talking with them about their fears, what they're scared of, what their goals are, what their stresses are? What's stressing you out? Do you sit down with your team and go through with all your athletes and ask them, what stresses you? What scares you? I'd like to get some calls in here. I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, what are you doing for your team to help them psychologically get back to practice, get back to compete? If you're an athlete, how do you feel? What fears do you have about going back to practice? I know a number of the people I'm working with right now who've been you know, playing baseball and soccer you know, several of them, as, as they got started, they're like, you know, I'm scared. I, I want to make sure everybody's safe. Have your coaches talk with you about it. A couple of them said, no, you know, they don't say anything. I said, do you want to say something to them? No, I don't want to want them to think that something's wrong. I said, you know what? There's not something wrong by you going up and asking your coach to talk to the team. And one young man did it. And his coach said, gee, I didn't even think about that. Because why would he? Because he's back, we're back here to play ball. The mental side, you know, I, I said earlier, I, I, I have a quote. You can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with a stronger mind will come out on top. So what is a stronger mind, especially right now? I talk so much about preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence. The key, I call them the keys to success. Preparation, how you get ready mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally. What do you do to get ready? Are you ready when practice starts? Are you ready when the game starts? Are you ready for all the situations that could possibly come up? This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. 
America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about sports psychology, the mental side of sports. I've been in practice for starting my 40th year, day after Labor Day. can't believe I've been doing this this long. I've been here on the radio in Kansas City for 29 years, 19 years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And today's, today's show is, I think, a really important one because when I'm talking about the mental side, athletes are people. They have to deal with issues. You know, recently, Michael Phelps has come out talking about his DUIs, his depression, his suicidality, and and that's been really a game changer in sports because it's opened the door. If Michael Phelps is going to talk about it, why can't other people? And with the coronavirus and everything going on right now, I think it's so important for coaches to give their athletes a chance to talk and share. As a parent, do you talk to the coach? Do you have questions for the coach? Do you ask them? Do you as a coach have meetings? Maybe it's virtually with the parents. I do a lot of sessions now virtually on FaceTime and Zoom with my clients. It's actually been a remarkable way to access people and to, and, and to get people to talk with me because they, they're, they're not afraid to do it that way, some 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 people are afraid to come into my office. I get it. I've got to wear masks, socially distance. Of course, in my office we're six or seven feet apart. So that's fine. But these are all issues we got to talk about. You know, as baseball gets started, we're going to hear. I I guarantee you, you will start to hear interviews with some of these players, and they're going to talk about this. There are going to be some guys who are going to talk about what they're afraid of. There are going to be some who won't. But there will be people talking about it. I mean, look, the Toronto Blue Jays cannot play their home games in Toronto because of the coronavirus. Canada won't let them play there. They're going to have to find another place to play, whether it's in Buffalo where their AAA affiliate is or back in Dunedin, down in Florida where their spring training is. They're going to have to play. So if you're a player, how do you feel about that? The emotional side is the key to success. 
like to hear from you. If you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a fan, you're a parent. I'd like to hear from you. And let's go to the phones. We have our first caller today. Let's see what Trevor has to say. Trevor, good morning. How are you? Trevor, are you there? I don't hear him, Marco. Well, we must have lost Trevor. Okay, Trevor, give us a call back. 913-3810-810 is the number. Let's see what you have to say. Because here, here's the deal. If you're a coach, you have to deal with designing plays. You have to deal with getting everybody set up to take their position in the, in, in the game. But you've got to deal with how they feel about it. All right, let's try again. Let's see. Trevor, are you there? Yeah. Yeah, there you are. Okay, go ahead, sir. How are you doing today? How are, how are you doing? First of all, how are you doing today? I, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Just driving around, listening to sports radio, and then I ran into you, which uh, I'm so grateful for. Um, so it's not the topic's not really uh, COVID related, but um, just a backstory on me. So I'm in my mid forties and. Um, Played football and, and, and baseball in high school, and um, I was what you would call a practice player. I I would just tear it up on the practice field, and then game day would show up, and, and I, I'd freeze. Um, and you wouldn't show and, up. And Right. And I was paralyzed by fear. Um, I didn't know it at the time. This was years ago, so there wasn't a name to it the word anxiety really hadn't picked up picked up momentum or wasn't talked about it. You're not allowed to talk about it. Um, and gosh, I, I so wish I had someone to talk to about it back then. But so fast forward to today and I'm a, I'm a youth football coach. And, um, I coach about 25 to 30 kids on a team and, and, Going back on, on what I experienced, I, I spend so much time talking about these, talking to these kids about managing fear, uh, managing your emotions, being okay with failure. Um, Good for you, Trevor. Good for you. And, and I have so much empathy towards these kids and, and, and what they battle just on a daily basis. Um, how old are they? How old are they? So sixth grade. Okay. And so six. Excuse me. So sixth grade boys are eleven, twelve, thirteen. That range. Okay. Right. So for them to talk about how they feel, it's probably not all that normal for them because sixth grade boys they don't they just go out and play, right? So getting right. them to talk about it is is a little bit of a challenge. Then probably isn't it? Right. So there's not a lot of dialogue back and forth, but I really believe in my heart that they hear me, they understand what I'm saying, and, and they try to manage their emotions. Um, but the people that are most uncomfortable about me talking to their to the kids is the parents. And why they do you think that, why do you think that is, Trevor? Because they're sitting, because they're sitting there living in fear, and they don't know how to talk about it. So let me let me make a suggestion to you. Okay, I first first of all, I want to say, I want to applaud you for what you're doing, because you personally learned that emotion, the psychological side, the the emotional side, even though you're an athlete, plays a big role, and it, and it affected you in a negative way when you played sports. So. You're trying to help these kids out. Do you have like a group meeting with them? Do you talk to them individually? What do you do? Let me ask you that to start before I get to what I want to ask you. So before every practice, we have what's called team talk. Um, and I gather the boys around. And, you know, during the day, I'll, I'll think of things we need to talk about. Not X's and O's. Not who we're playing this week. Not, I, I never say we need to have a great practice. We need to be focused. It's about how to manage failure, how to not live in fear, how to be okay with with who you are. Um, and that's my platform for the kids. And then it's reinforced throughout practice 
throughout games. Um, and uh, do they open up I, to you? They. I wish they did. I wish they did. Not not one kid has pulled me aside and said, "Coach, um, I'm struggling." Okay. Well, let me ask, let me ask you. In fact, I'm going to have you uh, stay on over our commercial break here, and we go to it in a few a few moments, and we're going to continue this conversation, Trevor, because I'm going to give you talk with you about this. But do you have them in a group, or do you talk to them individually? What do you do? It's a group setting. Um, okay. I, I, I've tried individually, and, and I, lose, I lose eye contact. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to come back from our break here, and we're going to talk about this. I'm going to give you some suggestions of what you can do. But I, I want to, like I said, I want to commend you for what you're doing here, sir, because you are doing these kids a service. Even though they may not open up now, I guarantee you later on in their life, they're going to remember this. You are helping yeah. them out. All right, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio at WHB. We'll continue this conversation with Trevor. In this trying time, everyone wants to be safe. We all need to be wearing medical masks. There's a great company called United Assistance that has masks available. Their website is getgoodmasks.com. You can purchase a box of 50 masks at a discount price of $35 plus shipping if you put in the discount code RADIO. Once again, go to the website, getgoodmasks.com, put in the discount code radio when you check out, and you'll be able to get a box of 50 masks for $35 plus shipping. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call, and let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.
This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Today's topic is the mental health side of sports. And I'm going to continue our conversation with Trevor, and then we'll go to Wesley after Trevor. Trevor, so you're talking to these, you're, you're coaching young men, sixth graders, football players, correct? Correct. And you're trying to talk to them about how they feel one-on-one, deal with their feelings, but they don't really respond. In an individual, yeah, correct. Okay, correct. So, my, so my suggestion would be have a group session with the parents, who will, at least the parents that will show up, and just say, look, I want to talk about the mental side of things and bring up some topics, bring up some issues. Just say, I want to help your kids have fun. First important, right? Shouldn't it be about having fun, most importantly? 100%. If we're not having fun, then, then why be out there? Then I would just bring up how you want to help them have fun. And you're trying to help them deal with their fa- their failures, their fears, their stressors, their anxieties to make it fun. And see if the parents will open up a little bit because that might get the parents to open up to the kids. And that might help them open up for you. So I yeah. think if you could get the parents on board with you, that'll help you with the kids. I agree. And if they could have those conversations at home, that, that would be, then I'm winning. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. But once again, I want to I want to congratulate you on on your recognition that I got to talk about this stuff with these kids because, you know, I dealt with it when I played and now I want to help them so they don't have these same problems that I have. I appreciate it. And, and, and you know what? It feels to me. It feels good to talk about it with the boys. Um because well, it's real. Well, because it's helping it's, you too, sir. It's helping you too. So not only are you I helping these kids out, it's helping you out. I want to thank yeah, you for calling. And, you know, listen again, because uh, this is what we talk about on this show every week. We deal with things like this. So if I can help you out, feel free to get a hold of me. Give me a call at my office. I'd be more than glad to help you out. Appreciate it. Okay, you take care. Thanks a lot. All right, let's go next to Wesley. Wesley, good morning. Dr. Jacobs, how are you? Hey, thanks, Andrew Jacobs. Um, so I just want to uh, mention, I'm calling in as a fan, Chiefs fan. I'm, I'm an NFL fan first, but a Chiefs fan second because I love the game. But, you know, for the last, I'd say, two months, it's been up and down here in Kansas City. And uh, for me, I got so tired of hearing about the COVID-19, the the riots, and then the uh, on again, off again, are we going to play ball, are we not going to play ball, that uh, – I just made up in my mind I, I didn't care if we played the uh, ball game here in Kansas City. But then all it took was uh, I listened to one broadcast from Mitch Holtis about the, the the Super Bowl, and that's all it took. And then I was like, okay. The excitement's back. Oh, yeah. So so uh, the mental side can also be as a fan. Yes, sir. Very much so. I've I've been, you know, I've talked about on this show. I've been going to the Chiefs games. I went. I've been going since the first game I've ever played. I went to the first Super Bowl, and uh, I took my oldest son to the, to the Super Bowl this year. And as a, as a fan, I've worked with about thirty Chiefs players over the years privately. Um, never worked for the organization, but I but I've worked with a number of players, and uh, it, you know, I'm I'm a fan too, and. I'm excited, but, you know, it's going to be different. Let's face it. This this is a whole different scenario now, Wesley. And so how are you de- – how, how, so part of you want to just run away and avoid it because you're just so tired of everything. And, you know, quite frankly, I think everybody's tired of everything. But the fact is we can't be tired of it because we still have to deal with it. I've, I've loved the game of NFL since 1971, ever since Roger Staubach. I saw him play, and then I moved to the Bay Area. Actually, I was at the game called The Catch um, with uh, Joe Montana, with... Uh, Dwight Clark. Clark. Exactly. Good and I for found you. Out Tom Bra- and I found out Tom Brady was in that in that stadium, and he was four years old. He was being interviewed one time, and uh, he said, uh, the interviewer said, Hey, Tom, you grew up in the Bay Area. Do you have any memories of Council Park? He said, Well, yeah, I was at the game called The Catch. And he says, Well, Tom, you must have been pretty young. He says, Yeah, I was four years old. 
because the only reason why I remember that that play was I had a big bag of popcorn, and when that play happened, my popcorn went everywhere. <laughs> so that was that was a, that was a great memory too. And um, but I was at the game, uh, the Houston game, uh, in the playoffs um, just before the Super Bowl, and I'll tell you, it was so exciting. I was at the twenty yard line on the uh, Houston side, and I'll tell you, it was an incredible game. I, I mean, I. I've only heard about great games like that, but never actually been to one. So, so let me ask you a question, Wesley. So the Chiefs are down twenty-four nothing at the end of the first quarter. How are you feeling then? Well, I mean, I was with a group of about seven people, and we all felt, "Oh, this this is not looking good." Um, I don't think we can come back. But then one, one of the guys says, "Hold on, Wesley. Uh, you know they've come back before." And he says, "Yeah, but twenty-four to nothing." So I was like, okay, I'll just try and enjoy the moment. And, of course, it just, I mean, a snowball. I mean, they they uh, were just putting points up left and right. It was like, wow, this, I can't believe I'm seeing this. Yeah, 41, so, stro- 41 straight points, 28-24 at the end of the first half. But here, here's the deal, Wesley. You're a fan, okay? Oh, of course. And so... Fans go on emotional roller coasters with their team when you when you get involved with it. We live in a, in a time now that's I, I've equated it to, to a lot of people I've talked to like you're in a canoe and you're going down a river. And what happens on a river, Wesley? You you hit some some rough spots, some rapids, some waterfalls, some calm areas, some splits and forks in the in, in in the river, right? But you're still guiding the boat. So it comes down to this, you know, your emotions, how you feel, they're yours. And you've got to deal with them. Sometimes it's, it's going to be smooth. Sometimes it's going to be rocky. As a sports fan, that's how it is. As an athlete, that's how it is. But the mental side, in the end, I was like, I said it a couple times on the show already. My, my quote I've used, it's on my website. You can have two athletes who are physically the same. The one with the stronger mind will come out on top. And as a fan... Sports is is a release. It's 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 an escape, but you still have to go back to your life. What do you do for a living? Well, I I do some painting. Um, I'm about ready to start my own business, so it's it's been stressful, but um, to make the most of it. And have you been getting by? You doing all? Are you do? It's been stressful, but are you doing okay? Oh, it's it's been stressful because you know people are are. Uh, having second thoughts about getting their house painted and businesses done so it's it's been stressful but 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 you're still here and you're you're finding a way to get through it oh yeah and that's that's that you know that's human spirit i think we all have we find a way to get through it and so the key thing as a fan is look it's going to be different this year there may not be fans in the stands there may be some fans in the stands who knows the nfl what they're going to do they they don't know yet they're still figuring it out you know, I would, I would, I would suggest everyone at least listen to some of the highlights. Mitch Holtis is is awesome. Even a ten, the a ten announcer is incredible too. It's like wow, I had no idea. Well, so look, here's the deal: enjoy the moment, enjoy what it, what it, what it's about. Be safe, take care of yourself, and you know whatever is going to happen is going to happen. We will get through this. We are going to get to the other side of this. It's just it's just a struggle still right now. So and and I applaud you for what you're doing. Great show. Well, thank you. Listen, thanks for listening. Take care of yourself. Be safe. And uh, call back again if you like. Appreciate it. All right. Take care of yourself. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Here's the thing. And and these two callers we've had, we we all feel. I don't care if you're the toughest guy out there. I don't care if you're the biggest guy out there. I've worked with large men. Large. I've I've had six six five three hundred sixty pound football player in my office before. One of the nicest people I ever. He's a gentle giant. He's a a very large man, defensive lineman, but couldn't have been one of the night. He was probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. But when he got on that football field, on that football field, he had to be Mister Tough Guy. He had to balance that out. Athletes are people. Coaches are people. They've got emotions. They've got feelings. So if you're a coach, take the time to talk to your kids. Take the time to talk to your team about how they're feeling. Give them an opportunity to express themselves. 
Give them an opportunity. Talk about how they feel. It's really, really important that you do that. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. A lot of ways you can reach me. Give me a call at my office at 816-561-5556. Follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports Psych, at DRJ S-P-R-T-P-S-Y-C-H. Or send me an email at my website, winnersunlimited.com, at DRJ at winnersunlimited.com. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. My website, SoundCloud, Apple iTunes are all over the place. Have a great week. Be safe. Stay well. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.